Sex Communication, a podcast of explicit audio and frank conversation. How do we talk about sex? How do we communicate during sex? Well, if you're here now, then you're going to find out. My name is Brianne McGuire, and each week I share an uncensored peek into the things we don't discuss. Sex. 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 I can't say the word sex. Sexy, sexy, sex stuff. Sex. Hello and welcome to episode 112. Today I'm sharing with you my conversation with Jonas, a 24-year-old grad student and photographer who at such a young age has already come to know himself so well sexually, as he exists in what he described as his golden age, given platforms like FetLife and Tinder that make reaching others with shared interests and engagement so much more possible than ever before. So let's get to it. Here we go. So hello, Jonas. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for agreeing to do this. We've known each other for a few months now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're 24 years old mm-hmm. and I met you off of FetLife. Yes. Okay. And I know you've mentioned to me, you know, offline that you've been on FetLife for at least a year now. Yes. So I found it by accident. Somebody that I know as a friend mentioned it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but how did you find it? I had a crush on somebody he, maybe he mentioned FetLife on blog one day. I thought I found it, and then we had a cow. I tried it, and yeah, that's how I found it. You were identifying yourself as having kinky interests or non-traditional mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. What do you mean when you say non-traditional things that you're interested in? What is a non-traditional? Like, give me some examples. Oh, so I think uh, at the beginning, I was really interested in like queer platonic relationships where like, it's platonic, but... Is some, but we get, we do things that are not traditionally seen as platonic behavior or seen as like a um the mo- the model of platonic relationships. So like I, for me like like um cuddle or like some kind of um touch or various sensations of touch like pressure. I would really like to explore explore that with other people that I feel very close to. But I was a bit afraid of bring it up, I think, I will think, oh, no, you'll sound like, um, like, I'll sound like I'm being deceptive. Oh, no, I just want to cuddle, and then I'm actually, I want more. And so, before, so I kind of, like, wanted to, um, explore what it means to be openly interested in things that, are so weird mm-hmm. so like what like how at least what it would look like for me to be the type of person who, op- who openly says oh yeah i, I would wouldn't mind cuddling with friends or or either cuddling or like still or not like color like could be like something like oh like lounging and like the way like cats pets do on owners where i like <laughs> lay all like, my head on from my friend's shoulder or lap kind of like the thing and mm-hmm. uh, yeah so i guess it's just at first just Start with that part where like how do I have how do I like, be comfortable in my own skin about being weird like saying that I would like to be more intimately physical or with friends mm-hmm. so yeah I'm trying to put myself in your shoes if i because i I enjoy fluid exchange so i I don't find myself identifying with like what you're looking for, but mm-hmm. I can imagine there is a certain amount of like physicality that female friends have with each other that mm-hmm. I don't know that men at least you know it's not as common mm-hmm. 
just my perception, but that could be changing. <laughs> but I imagine like what you're talking about, you know, FET providing this way that you could explore these things without the pressure of, um, of judgment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, cause it's people that, you, you know, everything's kind of out on the table already. And it seems like a, like no pressure, safe zone, right? Is mm-hmm. that kind of the appeal? Yeah. Like the way I feel like, you know, in queer spaces or even queer, um, queer people of color spaces, the more like, like not norm, I feel the most comfortable in. Cause I feel like if like the most like foreign person is safe, then I'll feel safe too. So I feel like, okay, you're not like a cultural cop police thing where you say, oh, that's not, oh, that's not, we don't do, we don't do that thing here or kind of thing. Everyone accepting of people being weird and different. Have you encountered that a lot? People being kind of like culture cops, you know, saying like that's not really right mm-hmm. or normal or appropriate. Um, I would definitely feel I feel like in university or not like directly, but it's always this feeling of what we ought to do, how we ought to behave, what's ideal. It's like I wouldn't feel safe talking to that person about my interests because I feel they just meant to against others. So I feel this in the kind of space of where I would be more open. Mm-hmm. So you identify as queer. Yes. So what does that mean to you? Because I know queer can be a very, <laughs> very large and broad, um, you know, label somebody can identify as. So what, tell me about what that means to you. For me, it has been like, for orientation wise, like all of the above and none of the above at the same time, where it's very... For me, for me, it feels like it's very flexible. Like I associate um, orientation with someone having aversion towards a gender, like liking this but not this. And for me, it's like where I don't feel I don't feel like any particular towards in, in, in a gender way um, towards one or the other. Well, I love the way you said it's kind of like all of the above and none of the above. Mm-hmm. That is the first time I've heard somebody describe it that way. And that's so, that really captures it. Because the way you we were talking to about, you know, if you were to identify as homosexual or heterosexual or even bisexual, pansexual, whatever, it is kind of putting you in a box mm-hmm. where it's like, the things that fall into these boxes are the things that I'm interested in, and I'm not interested in anything that's outside of this box. Mm-hmm. Whereas by saying queer, it's kind of like it could be all of the things, and it could be none of the things. And I, I, I think that's that was such a brilliant way of, and so simply capturing what I think, what I mean, what it means to me too. But um, so do you use the term queer to identify in terms of just orientation or do you feel like it applies at all to your uh, like gender identification or gender identity at all? Um, I think I, I, I use queer because um, it's just that um, when I go into like, so, uh, profiles or social net, social pro, social media profiles and actually orientation, I go queer like, yeah. but it's like, it's, it's not, it's never enough. But, um, but I feel it's okay in the sense where the other, in it, my definition may not be as relevant to the other person because like I still, I still say I'm interested in a person or not into the person so I and I told you this the first time we met like I'm so impressed that you're as young as you are and you have such a strong sense of yourself and you know especially sexually so how 
how did you grow up and how did you, well, I mean, in terms of like how you found out about sex and how the idea of sex was introduced to you and like whatever sex education you may have had, how, how did it start for you? Okay. I feel like I can break it in different ways. Like there's like the, the one component where I'm experiencing sexual sensation like with my body mm-hmm. and then, but not knowing what sex is until I come across like sex softcore porn through cable then uh, hmm. yeah like, like I guess it was mostly like through other people having access to internet and me like almost like looking over their shoulder kind of thing <laughs> so when you say like looking over the shoulders this is with friends or like maybe family members that were the same age or nearish to Not you same, well definitely older definitely older all right like cousins or do you have brothers and sisters um well yeah Years ago. Okay. <laughs> so, but the old, like older siblings, we yes. can say. Okay. <laughs> um, so, did your parents ever talk to you about it? Uh, oh, um, I think they tried to. Because my dad, I always avoid it. Um, and he would ask, like, uh, like, I think, uh, like, you asked me, what do I know the difference between um, boys and girls? And media thought is genitalia. And, but I won't say that. I'll say personalities. <laughs> um, or, and, and then I look at, oh, they try to keep trying and try to be more specific language. But I don't want to hear none of that. It's always about wet dreams. I don't want to hear none of that. Um, <laughs> with like, well, when you go on days, remember to uh, wrap yourself up like, like protection. Like, I don't want to hear none of that. Do you want a goodie bag? I, I don't want, no, I don't want it. So yeah. So always, so so why didn't you want to hear it though? Like just it was such an uncomfortable, you know, like coming from the wrong person, kind of. I think so. All yeah. right. And do you remember how old you were when your father was trying to have this conversation with you? Let's see. One of them could have been definitely before fifth grade, so before I was like ten, around ten-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely around ten-ish, and probably throughout till thirteen. A big question I have because you are the age that you are mm-hmm. and like times are much different now than they were like when I was growing up and learning about sex. So I'm assuming when you were learning about sex, they were, you know, they're always going to be different for every mm-hmm. every person and every generation. So this idea of being queer, is this something that was like closer around the time oh. that you are now or is that something that you were kind of like when you were learning about all these things through people in your social network, was it something that was around then or that has been something only in the, the last few years? I want to say queer happening around like, relatively close to where, how oh, my age now. Okay. Uh, I was at school. I'm finding about this show, the poly access on Robin Bird or. Mm. And, <laughs> <laughs> I remember. And uh, so I told, oh yeah, you waste your time. They start something like, like porn. And I'll see, oh, yeah, there's that gay stuff in it, too. And I kind of would like the gay stuff. And, like, um, like I said, developing that line where I, I didn't know, saying I did like, um, like, the gay categories, the gay pornographic categories, like, huh, maybe I'm gay or maybe I'm straight. And then, or maybe I like gay because it's, like, a king, like a fetish. Then, or maybe I'm gay but have straight interests. And then it was bye, but no, what are the odds of that kind of thing? <laughs> but all these thoughts and, and curiosities that you had, it was kind of all just based on media that you were seeing? Yeah. Okay. So when did you start having sexual experiences with other people? 
um, when I was 21. And what happened? <laughs> let's see. Um, okay, so let's see. So the new part of in college, new part where I'm trying to be a new person now. Yeah, access to things like the LGBT center on my campus. Like age 21, I was like, I want to be more open and be more charismatic. Um, so I saw somebody that I think was attracted to me and, and developed, developed a crush, asked them out, became partners, um, and I guess experience, the, the first time I had sex. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So this first partner, how did they identify? Were they um, were they male or female or non-binary or? Uh, I was I think without gender. So um. And was that how? And that was your first experience with another person? Yes. Well, I've been crushes before then, but never like. But without physical contact. Yeah. I can never tell them. <laughs> yeah. So what what was that like? Was that because if. Again, trying to put myself in your shoes, if all of the things that you're considering and experiencing are fairly binary, right? Mm-hmm. Like straight porn, gay porn, you know, whatever, and you still have not had any experiences your own. And then the first experience you have is with somebody who identifies without gender. Mm-hmm. Did that kind of blow your mind? Like, would, did you even know such a person existed? Oh, by the time, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, definitely around college, um... And I knew a lot more about, like, um, spectrum of gender and sexuality by then than in high school. Um, I guess, like, wasn't like surprising to me because I want to say are still around that. Huh? Well, not before, well, definitely before in between high school or college, um, I did feel like I was attracting towards like um like looks that were like androgynous, mm. so that were like like I would look at two genders at once but more like this text rather than the gender because gender could be gender the person could be anything yeah and you have a partner now right oh yes is it somebody that you live with yeah i live with her um a lot but i still have my own place where i was born and raised and what is it like with her what kind of oh relationship do you guys have oh so for us it's like a mommy boy relationship um also part very platonic and very like intimate so could not could not always mommy woman because always like, mommy also like relate to each other as like people who care and love each other yeah so um but the mommy boy thing like we're talking in terms of like sexual contact um or is it more of something that you like a type of play that you keep kind of outside of physical contact it's more of like a power dynamic maybe maybe, maybe that way i feel like um very like mentoring ish, teach like um learning from from her experiences and I'm like the one who's being either taken care of or being learn or learning or being taught how to do things. Sexual things? Uh sexual and like uh domestic life stuff. So I kinda um feel like a relational dynamic where I have someone who is mutual like we're have someone who's taking care of or taking care of, or taking care and teaching me and and I and also like me having someone uh like a person where I'm like 
sexually sensual, intimately um active with mm-hmm. yeah and so i i know because mm-hmm. <laughs> you had mentioned a bit too about um because we're both on fet that's where we met mm-hmm. so you had mentioned you know the um kind of the the threesome possibilities that you've been exploring mm-hmm. through men that have posted on fet or and or have reached out to you mm-hmm. so these encounters um that you're exploring through fet are you exploring them with your partner or with another third person that comes with perhaps the person who reached out to you like um, there are a lot of possibilities yeah. for this so i'm just trying to um usually outside not with a partner I, for me i always feel very protective like i feel like something goes wrong it's my fault <laughs> i think that's very common i feel like that too <laughs> so i so was like okay um like i'm very, very protective for like so it's like so she's not the third yeah okay we, we tried it one time yeah and and it was like, it was, and for me, it's me being nervous. Like, oh my god, what if this guy is not a great person, or what if he he just does something? And like, damn it, it's my it's fault. It's a lot of pressure. Because yeah. <laughs> like, I like, like, what if, like, what if, if this person is the nightmare person? People like, know my like the worst person you get. Like, I don't know. I said I don't know this person that well enough to feel comfortable. So yeah. So then, so I never did it again since then. So we were so open about it. Is that me learning how to feel comfortable? Yeah. So since then, I explore other people, like other either with other couples. Uh, lately, with two, with one solo male, who we try to find a third with, or other, or if not, I'll make other fr- friends who would be interested if the opportunity ever came. Mm-hmm. It's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> Hearing you, you just say that you know, like trying to protect her and like keep her out of it because of of that responsibility that you would inevitably feel arranging such a thing. And then, you know, like whatever the outcomes are, like it's so much of it feels like it's on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. It just like brought me such anxiety thinking about that and remembering <laughs> uh, past situations that I've been in. But it also reminded me, um, there's a show that came out recently on HBO, Mrs. Fletcher. Have you seen it? Mm-mm. So it's about a woman, like a straight cis woman, presumably, who's been divorced for a while and her son has just moved to college, so she's in her mid-40s. And um, spoiler alert for this if anyone's watching this show, but she winds up having this threesome. And it was, in my opinion, like the um, most beautifully and uh, kind of most inspiring depiction of a threesome that I've ever seen in popular media. Mm -hmm. It was with... Um, another woman mm-hmm. that was a friend of hers that um, had had, you know, threesomes with other genders, but was like primarily into women. And then a boy who um, presumably was strictly into women and the, the three of them coming together. So there was no relationship that had to be protected, um, which like that was a lucky thing for her. But it was so, I don't know, it was just such a beautiful meeting of of people and in this moment and like very non like who were you into and how were you not and like this arrangement and it was so organic that like one it's a fucking stretch that this would ever happen in real life like I'm trying to think about the people in my social circle friends or acquaintances or whatever that we'd be at some party and like the the possibility of this happening like that's that's the dream right <laughs> right mm-hmm. i knew you were talking like you know before this platonic exploration mm-hmm. with friends and it just i don't know there 
whatever. It was beautiful, and I'm probably going to cut this out so I don't spoil the show <laughs> for anyone. But if you have a chance to watch it, it was it was a good. It's a short season, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so getting back into the the threesomes, so mm-hmm. the ones that you you have had, mm-hmm. you know, not with your partner. Mm-hmm. So is there a specific like? Are you kind of open to anything? I think, yeah. So it, what are you looking for, though? Are you looking to play a stereotypical masculine role or a feminine role or, like, some place where, like, there's no expectations of what kind of gendered action you're bringing to it? Um, the stereotypical male role. I, I, I like you said, I, I like that gendered um, play. Like, okay, it feels, okay, it's, it, like, part of it, like, it feels wrong. We can't feel, like, this... It feels wrong to play the masculine part, or... It... I feel wrong to engage, like, to, like... To like present my like to like the role of like all being like that alpha male kind of thing where like it's like almost like they're I don't know like degrading, well not well degrading towards the the woman role mm. because I know better but at the same time like in this whole pocket universe like kind of sex you know and so a lot of time when I do do king stuff I'm still like working with that guilty thing and. I'm trying to understand and feel like, oh wait, it's not real. The other person knows it's not real. We're agreeing. Yeah. yeah. But you like to be the dominant. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to hear too, because like you are very quiet. So I, I, I think there's always this perception that quiet equals submissive equals, you know, like whatever, mm-hmm. but we all know that's all bullshit. But mm-hmm. <laughs> do you feel like, so, okay, so with another man, though, like the role between you and this other man, mm-hmm. would you still want to be the dominant with the other guy or just like when it comes to working with whoever is taking on the feminine role? If, if I were taking the feminine role, other guy for me, like we're just, we're just equal macho um, frat brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then, um, yeah, then the one for the woman role is the one we're above. Mm. I, I, or like doming them, um, therefore, um, the woman role is for our pleasure, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, is it ever a possibility or something you're interested in, in that it would be more, more? Um, I mean, I don't know that it would be like an absence of dominant and submissive, but like a kind of an equal meeting of just bodies, you know, where there's not necessarily you know, gendered roles being played and, and not really somebody, like, taking the lead, but just kind of this meeting of three people that just are attracted to each other or at least interested in, in engaging with some sort of physical contact and pleasure-making. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I want to say I do have an interest in that. Another male dom and female role was, like, um, this, this Bukaki thing I will go to, like, um, they have a monthly thing. Mm. So... I like the hetero flexibility of it. I like the like, but I even though, but even but at the same time, I'm still straight playing. If there were ever there's like a pan sexual or or sexual event thing, yeah, I probably would like that. Let's get back to this bukkake situation. Uh, so you mentioned you like the hetero flexibility of it. So, so because I just I'm the reason why I'm I'm coming back to this is because like a bukkake event seems like the most heteronormative <laughs> situation where it's like the guy is in charge and he's ejaculating on the woman and like she's the you know it seems like so so stereotypical mm-hmm. right of mm-hmm. like that those cis hetero gendered all the stuff 
So <laughs> I'm like especially curious to hear like so is heteroflexibility I've never been to an event. This is strictly me like seeing bukkake porn. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's just practical circumstance that you're so close to another man who has his dick out. Like there's there's just like this built in uh, flexibility. I mean, I don't I hate to keep using the same <laughs> word, but I don't know what else. But I mean, is that what it is or it's something more than that? That's maybe not as obvious. I want to say head of flexibility at least how is like how the i want it if i would it's like <laughs> as this genre thing it's definitely i feel it's its own distinct it's very distinct john like this genre of this aesthetics and stuff sexual aesthetics it's not the same as bisexual where it's the ex apparent touching or apparent engaging is this subtle arousal of masculinity that you have in your own self mm. And seeing it in with, with another body. I had to. Kind of like, well, I think we met because of the Jack and Jill party, right? It's like similar to that, where like you're you're witnessing somebody else's pleasure. And in this case where there are a lot of men, mm -hmm. right? Like male identifying people there. You know, it's like, I, I understand now. And now I feel like an idiot that I didn't <laughs> like pick up on this and I was just like oh Bukaki is this very like straight guy jacking off on a girl um but no that that's that's you're blowing my mind Jonas you really are <laughs> thank you like, uh, oh, like or nothing or friendly fire when somebody comments somebody gets on another person yeah and it's like it's not like it's not the same way as getting cummed on by another guy in like gay or bisexual porn but it's more like if recognize is for it's accidental but it's like I don't know. It's kind of like sexy. Like, oh, I don't know. Cause like, I guess it's like, we're comfortable, and that's yeah. that. And doesn't bother me. And kind of like, yeah, we come. And it gets everywhere. So like the sexual appealing of this masculinity of ejaculating everywhere. Kind of like sexy. Oh, I get it. Cause this, yeah. I mean, I cause you. It's kind of warm and fuzzy. Like being so openly so open about you know like a sex act and doing it in proximity with other people like like in my head the, <coughs> the both the positive and negative experiences that i've had in groups the thing that i've always appreciated no matter like how my experience wound up being was just that we're all people that can be in this space together and exploring these things and being so upfront and you know literally out in the open about it like it's it's a heartwarming thing to like be able to share that space with somebody else you know mm -hmm. so yeah i get that and now like i'm gonna look at bukkake in a whole other way is there a lot of eye contact um with the other men the one the, one, the events i've been to i want to say maybe not unless someone like speaks up and like you, you look for your peers mm -hmm. for um for feedback about what you just said like if you, if you make a joke Hey, and you look back, you see your butt, like, although, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, in the midst of, of masturbating, jacking off, you are looking at her, mm. um, in one event, they had a TV, where it, sh it had, like, recorded, where the past events were recorded, and so, I saw this guy looking at, mostly looking at television, you usually, like, not much icon, like, someone, like, looking out for, that communicative feedback. Yeah. But, some, but some, I feel it could be more. <laughs> <laughs> Are you hoping for more? Yes, because um, yes, because um, 
Yeah, definitely. Because um, <laughs> but it's also where even even if I describe the Bukaki thing and it seems like oh, I, and somebody <clears> like oh, I know <throat> that you're talking about. I don't think I'm saying anything bad. Um, okay, so with one thing, so the thing we do is where we're someone about to ejaculate, everyone else has to back away, and so in my mind is dumb. <laughs> Just stay there for it. <laughs> it's like, it's like, even gets on you, get on you, get on you. But like, um, another thing that the guy, uh, guys tend to do when we first starting off is like, this bit is hardness in the center, this, the sub in the center, and um, everyone is this big gap of space. Everyone's like quickly kind of close to the wall mm. and kind of like approach her one by one to get a blowjob kind of thing. And my thing is, let's all get together. That's yeah, kind of more sexy. And, but as I'm also getting comfortable, I'm saying like, um, I think I think people are I nothing. I think people are also like more shy, mm-hmm. and I think other people are into it too. But like people are afraid, like on like school dance, they went close to the wall. Right. So like <laughs> I'm also getting my confidence like to all to be like the, the early people who stand up first. We get close first, or if someone else, or then when you do the one by one thing, be the second person that was nearby, and then the people do come closer, yeah. and it gets better for me. But um, but like also like um, but I don't know. I don't know somebody would be not into that or. Also, like the double um, barrel blowjob, but <laughs> um, yeah, that, that where the, the penis is, is inside both of the same mouth or yeah. very close proximity. I kind of like those things, but I don't know other people, so I don't know how they're gonna react. So, but unfortunately, I but either fortunately I see familiar faces or I know someone else mentioned that they liked it, and so I'll talk to them about it beforehand, yeah. and we try to do it, so like stuff like that. Have there been any like people that you've met there that mm-hmm. you've engage with like outside of that sort of situation um where you're like oh hey like i we both enjoyed having our dick sucked at the same time and having them rub together and like maybe we get together outside of this um not yet i would like to but also very protective or at least or because of this is because where this is where we usually come together yeah I don't want a bad ship outside. Like, dang, I'll see you again here. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like a ship where you eat kind of situation. <laughs> I get okay. <laughs> so they, yeah, I'm te- it's tempting, but I really, I really like the, I really like the place. So yeah, the potential for awkwardness yeah. at the next event. I get it. Yeah, I, I met up with somebody outside of the orgy that I, I had gone to, mm-hmm. and then I was like, fuck, that person's going to be at the orgy the next time. And they were. We wound up getting in the elevator at the same time mm-hmm. together. I was like, oh, my God, it was so fucking awkward. I mean, we, we, it was fine. We actually made it less awkward, but uh, never again. Never again. <sighs> anyway, a little tangent. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I, I, I lost my train of thought just thinking about that awkwardness and then throwing me off. Okay, so... Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. So it sounds like there's like a polyishness to your. Re- mm. Do you identify as poly, or um, do you feel like you're in an open relationship, or you're mono? Like, oh. how would you describe that? That like the terms of the relationships that you have. Um, so I'll generally go with open relationship, foundation word I will use, and then I'll if I have opportunity to expand on that, I'll say, um, also partnered, um. I did play with the poly amorous um, thing, but I feel like I took I thought not to go with it anymore. Cause I feel like I associated with more like different kind of loving intimacy, where like almost romantic. At the time, it felt great, but then lately, like no, I I feel I feel like I still have that kind of the, the, the intimacy just as friends, mm-hmm. even if like sexual friends. So, um, 
There's also the issue of commitment too. Like mm-hmm. I feel like Polly, it's like there's a lot of commitment because you're yeah. not only committed to the one person, you're committed to multiple people, mm-hmm. and uh, that's it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's like kind of like <laughs> I want just does the the kind of commitment we have to like as as you one will have to with friends. Like you check on them every now and then, and you still like care about other people, kind yeah. of thing. So do you? The like the bukkake parties or any of the things the threesomes whatever yeah. you're you're doing and on fed and exploring and all of that do you talk about these things with your friends? Try try to I like talking about it because in a sense where I feel more kind of want to feel like um, where I try to feel more comfortable in my skin mm-hmm. and it's like it finally feel more empowering not to feel embarrassed about these things. And I was just like, yeah, I did these kind of things. I, I like doing these kind of things. And people I, I do it with like doing these things, doing those things with me. And I kind of like having that kind of courage of, to speak about the thing that no one else was, what, the unspeakable things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, so I like to be open in the sense where I'll be, um, I'll, I'll mention, oh yeah, I've done these sexual things. If you'd like to know more, you ask more. <laughs> well, like, like, also I feel like not to get too carried away. I feel like I feel... I, I don't know. I feel it could possibly make someone uncomfortable. I don't know. I don't know what the full um, discourse on how <laughs> uh, what goes to the person's mind when I do if I were to do something like this. So I'm right now on the careful side of it. Yeah. So I'll just say, oh yeah, um, I've been doing this and that, or at least, or I mean, I'll, I'll write something on my 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 more private Instagram, like a I train like a journal entry, so I'll mention it. Um. Does anyone ever follow up? Uh, did we follow up? Um, not really. I guess they'll see it. People may not mention anything. They're like, come on, don't ask more. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about it. Or, um, or, um, yeah, sometimes they'll see it and they'll well, at least just, they, they know. Yeah. And sometimes they know, it's me, me saying it is like, does a lot more for me too than, um, I guess having people engage with what I said. It's like, um, I was like, it's on. I it's more empowering just saying, "Oh, I do like this weird thing." Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna pretend I, that um, I'm normal, or, or at least like I'm not gonna pretend to be traditional. Traditional, because yeah. like, or, or like for me, with like Tinder or Tinder, where I mentioned my profile, but um, just like saying, be blatant about that. I thought of someone who knew me. Oh wow, so it's openly talking about sex kind of thing. It's kind of like. Yes, I could be the person, and then we or I update my tenor and say, "Oh, now I'm looking for a sub. I want to do the specific dom sub play." Mm-hmm. And even if no one, um, it's just a, this idea of people come across it as this idea of breaking the the, the traditional of saying, hey, "Hey, I'm 24. I do this," and it's like but it's empowering to like be open about that. Yeah. That's what I'm getting right. It's mm-hmm. like, and that's building in turn building your confidence and mm-hmm. yeah. So you, I love you so much. Thank you. <laughs> and nobody can see this, but I just have to describe what you do, which I think is fucking adorable. So there's this gif of uh, Shaquille O'Neal that he does this little mm. shoulder wiggle and you do the shoulder wiggle when you're like into something and you're like really happy and excited. So you, you've been doing it a lot and I love it. It's adorable. Thank you. <laughs> and yours is better than Shaq's. <laughs> but so, you know, being 20, you have like, there's so much ahead of you, yes. right? So do you feel like 
like you're in a groove with your identity and your your exploration or do you feel like you're at the tip of something and you just have like so much left to explore and you don't even know like what you might think about yourself or others or things or how does it feel for you now looking ahead right now i feel like still so much more um to confront and like to break through Mm. um I kind of, yeah, I feel like the idea of 24, I like the idea, oh yeah, I have so much, so much, so many years left, so kind of thing, <laughs> and um, I kind of, and like that, I'm like, I'm a great period, like, privilege to have access to the internet, and access to like, like, like um, fed life and Tinder, all that stuff, where like, engagement is more accessible, getting together is more accessible, it's kind of like, this is a good golden age for me, yeah, and, but it's still a lot more, mostly it's my, my own, like, own terror, in, internal, like, criticism where um where like where i get back to being shy or i don't or this oh i'm not good enough when i shouldn't do this i'm not ready is it driven by anything with evidence or it's just your it, own oh, it just of- it just me really. i'll i'll find something and then that's that that's that's why i should feel um anxious about like for example um like topping so if i'm penetrating i don't feel as much sexual sensory sexual sensation as for other people feel like if for me if feel like it definitely doesn't feel like enough for me to like have an orgasm mm-hmm. and always feel or it makes me feel like inadequate in a way like oh I'm, or i'm missing out like other people feel this god tier ecstasy and i'm not feeling it i feel like oh i'm out i'm outside of that so so um Definitely, for, I also like put forward performance anxiety because part of my kink or whatever it, guilty pleasure is like I like feeling I'm better than other people. Mm-hmm. So like being able to like be um, competitive or like um, sexually better than other most people, kind of like I wait I put it on myself. Yeah. So it's like I don't know in a, in a way it's fun and not fun at the same time. So I don't know where we're going with this. Um, <laughs> well, the what you were saying about like you feel like you're not feeling as much pleasure in yeah. topping as, as you perceive other people yes. to. Do you think that's maybe like, I mean, does it inspire you to just uh, explore a different position or action or something that might bring that pleasure? Like mm-hmm. outside of topping, are there other things that do bring you like this sheer ecstasy? Um, For me, it's been mostly masturbation. It's like, I feel kind of like, like the way I feel, um, like the way media, television, TV show characters feel excited about sex, or um, I would feel I like I feel that way towards masturbation. Where I feel that's that's if I want to have an orgasm, it's likely to do through the masturbation. So that's why I kind of more excited about masturbation parties mm. than get sex parties because like I feel like I know I'm glad I'm going to be very feel. Um, sexually satisfied or stuff like that now do you think that's because like we all know how to touch ourselves better than anybody else can or it's like maybe is it like there's something that maybe uh not distracts but I don't know, like masturbation it's so personal and Mm -hmm. we're driving all of it right Mm -hmm. do you think that like there's a need in that, in that privateness, in that that uh, maybe secretive nature to it that makes you feel 
like especially safe and thus especially able to feel pleasure that you're not able to get when you're interacting with somebody physically? I want to say a little bit, some of that. I, like, for me, like, I can't, I, like, if I were to pen, I'm fucking somebody or penetrate somebody, I, it, like, this does not feel like the kind of thing I, I'll eventually build up to an orgasm. Mm. Thinking sex more of like in, like, the social bonding sport play thing <laughs> than sexual gratification. Yeah. Um, when you talk about topping, are you talking about topping with, with, Female identifiers or with men? Um, both. Yeah. Is it different? Um, for me, it felt the same way. Other anxieties were like, um, with this new person and not actually feeling like aroused yet, or like I'm totally sure I don't know how I'm supposed to do or how the scenario for the go. Yeah. So that will play in part of more arousal where I. Oh, like I may have a difficulty on getting an erection because I'm like so scared and nervous. Yeah. Um. So that's where I guess like also playing part of me taking my time knowing people. Also, well, I get interacting with my own thoughts. Like, I guess like kinks where I feel guilty about the kinks I have. So because of the dom self thing, I feel almost guilty of degrading somebody. With, with that, with the first thing I just tried when playing with masturbating, where um being open about things I like. <laughs> the kink so i'll look at like dom sub stuff where like and once i try to vocalize comments or kind of commentary that i find sexy and just saying it for saying it out there mm-hmm. and like kind of slowly try to get accepting to it towards yeah. it talking out loud to myself as if i'm talking to another person that's doing whatever i'm imagining in my head yeah i think that's more common than we think i, I know you said you feel like you're at the tip of you know like you, you, you recognize that you have so much left to explore. Yes. But are there like specific um, activities or situations that you're looking forward to? Oh, yeah. So at the moment, I'm interested in doing like um, solo play with me and the woman. Like we have sex, and then we then it, it's the excitement comes in where we get to tell the other guy about what we did, and kind of like, and then we banter, banter on that kind of thing. Been playing with um, interesting like gentle dom, where I guess like the power. Exchange is like subtle, but like the other person is my pet kind of thing. Mm. Also, I guess also with the um the three something where more more of that hetero uh, flexibility, the the uh, subtle male con the male touch mm. male male contact. Is there anything else that you wanted to, to talk about before we wrap up? Mm, I think that's my journey so far. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming and and talking about all this stuff. I appreciate it. And I I love getting to witness all your shoulder wiggles. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Jonas. No problem. Thank you, Brian. All right. So that's our show. If you'd like to know more about Jonas or connect with him, uh, I've included links to his FetLife profile, his Instagram profile, along with his personal website with all of his photography. That's all for this week. Until next time, I wish you well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sex Communication. Please subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like more information about the show, visit us online at sexcompod.com. That's S-E-X-C-O-M-P-O-D.com. If you'd like to be a part of the show, please email me at sexcompod at gmail.com. I am always looking for new sex audio and people to interview. It could be you.